with a closer look at the news and events affecting Prince George. Welcome to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. And a Tuesday morning, a rather gray and dreary Tuesday morning to some extent. Alan Wishart in the hosture as usual on these days. Steve on the board as usual on these days. And we're going to start today's show. Um, a fellow I've interviewed a number of times before, usually in Prince George, Fraser Rogers is the manager of broadcasting, communications, and public relations for the Prince George Cougars. But today, and for the next several weeks, Fraser, you're in Kamloops. Yeah, sunny Kamloops. Good morning, Al. Thanks for having me on. And uh, I know in the past we talked about the waiting game for this season, but now we actually can talk about some actual hockey being played this week. Yeah, but you're still in a bit of a waiting game, right? Yeah, a few days. Yeah, the whole season opener uh, coming up Saturday night here uh, across the street at the Sandman Center against the uh, Camus Blazers. So I know the players and staff around the league have waited, you know, well over a year to uh, drop the puck, and I don't think the players would mind just a few more days with, you know, the defending DT champions on deck come Saturday night. Yeah. Now, are you are the uh, Cougars now practicing at this point? Like, have you gotten through that first couple of days of? Total isolation? Yeah, so they got out of the uh, mandatory hotel quarantine last Thursday afternoon. And so last Thursday was their first practice as a group since uh, the season was stopped last March of 2020. Um, and then since then, it's been daily practices uh, at the Sandman Center here uh, for the Cougars. Uh, it's actually a nice setup for them. They have a lot of space, and the routine is very similar to what they have back in Prince George when it comes to the regular practice time. So. Mm-hmm. The routine in hockey, you know, players and coaches are very routine-oriented. Their team hasn't changed much since, you know, what they've been doing regularly in Prince George. The afternoon time slot for mm-hmm. practice is pretty much the same time they would have in Prince George. So every day on the ice here, uh, building up towards that game come Saturday night. Now, in that first practice on Thursday, was everybody wearing those little name tags on their helmets like you got in minor <laughs> hockey? You know what? That would have been a bad idea, but I think Thursday kind of mimicked Christmas morning for a lot of people. Uh, you know, a lot of had a lot of energy, a lot of smiles, and a lot of positive energy on the faces of everyone. I know everybody was really uh, relishing that opportunity to be back as a group for the first time, as I mentioned, since uh, well over a year now. It's like 380-something days. So um, Thursday was kind of Christmas and March, if you will. Now, a couple of things I'm wondering about. With the uh, quarantine that you guys are under at the hotel there, what are you guys doing for food? Like, can you eat as a team, or do you get the food delivered to your rooms, or how does that work? Yeah, so for the first week we were here, um, the three meals a day were delivered to your room, prepackaged um, by the hotel staff here. We did a pretty phenomenal job of keeping us quite comfortable. Mm. I have to give them a lot of credit here at the Sandman uh, Signature downtown in Kamloops. But since quarantine has been lifted, we are allowed to you know practice and eat as a group. Um, we have... Uh, a dining room to ourselves here in the hotel. So, um, and there's still a lot of COVID protocols when it comes to the meals, even though you can eat as a group, you know, it's four people per table and there's prepackaged meals still um, from the kitchen. So you can't use, you know, regular silverware plates, but food is still hot and fresh. And uh, like I said, the staff has done a great job to go out of their way to make us feel as comfortable as possible considering the circumstances. So if I'm not mistaken, it's you guys, Kamloops, and Vancouver in this little pod? Yeah, yeah. So there's two hub centers in these uh, newly minted, I should say, <laughs> Remax hub centers. They announced that yesterday. Um, but, uh, yeah, so in Kamloops, where we are, it's going to be us, the Blazers, and the Vancouver Giants. 
the Corner Rockets at Prospera Place are uh, opening their doors to the Victoria Royals. So that's how the five teams are split up and yeah. works out quite well. And the Kamloops has a bit more room than Prospera Place, so that's why the extra team is here. Um, like I said earlier in the interview, a lot of space. You know, it's funny, uh, Mark Lamb, GM and head coach, actually had to go through a bit of a lottery system for the dressing room choices, and he won the lottery, just like they did back uh, in Maine when they uh, won the 2020 WHL Phantom Draft Lottery. So he's actually had a lottery between uh, the Giants and the Cougars to pick dressing rooms. They won that as well. Um, so the Cougars had a choice of dressing rooms. They're actually using um, the Thompson Blazers setup, which is oh. the under-18 team that yep. plays in that BC under-18 league against Caribou. So that's the setup they have here. And they have their own laundry and have, uh, ironically, the media room where usually the media converge pregame to eat pizza and donuts and, mm-hmm. and, and <laughs> you know, fatten ourselves up. That's, ironically, now the team's weight room, if you can believe it. So okay. they, have great, <laughs> they have a great setup uh, with a weight room, and they have their own dressing room, as I mentioned. They have, a, have another dry room area for, you know, the athletic therapist, Mike Batista, set up his, um, you know, medical equipment and his massage table and all his supplies. And uh, Chico D'Angelo, the equipment manager, has a room in the back as well for equipment and storage and, as I mentioned, laundry service. And lots of hallway space for these guys to do some workout routines and, you know, stretch out and get ready for practices and games. So um, the Cougars got a good setup. Probably a little bit more room when it comes to actual square footage than they would have in the CN Center outside of, you know, a very nice dressing room they have back home. But a little bit more room just area-wise than they would at home. So, yeah, they lucked out. It's a great spot. I know the coaches have been really happy about the first week and how everything's kind of laid out for us here. Now... When you guys are going to the arena, it, I think you were saying it's basically right across the parking lot or whatever from the <laughs> yeah. hotel. So do you guys um, catch a bus or something, or do you just walk as sort of like a group or, or several small groups? Yeah, no, it's, it's uh, literally kitty corner to the hotel is oh. the rink. It's the roundabout that separates you know, the rink and the hotel. It's probably 30-yard walk, 40 yards maybe. Oh. Uh, yeah, it's that close. Like You can see it out of your hotel window. So um, they're allowed to walk as a group to and from the hotel and the rink, and the only time they have to be in you know little cohorts is just eating at uh, yeah. the tables here for the meals of the hotel. But, um, but, yeah, it's funny. Our only time for fresh air is that short walk. <laughs> between the hotel and the rink, so you, you really got to um, soak it in. Uh, when you're walking across the street, especially on a beautiful morning we have here, uh, not a cloud in the sky. And okay, rub it in, rub it in. Yeah, I heard the weather <laughs> forecast, so I had to mention that. Thank you very much, Fraser. <laughs> now, I'm guessing, so 30 to 40 yards, so that's something that even, like, the media people and guys like that can handle, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the, the commute is nothing like uh, what you have to do in the lower mainland. Uh, every morning, right? So it's very easy, very convenient. Um, there's no complaints. You know, there's restrictions in place, obviously, that we have to adhere to to make this work, and we all have to make those sacrifices. But outside of the protocols, there's, you can't really complain about much here. It's been uh, a very good setup and very convenient, and, you know, getting into routine again. It's routine-oriented, which I think the players and coaches welcome. Now, you've got the game on Saturday as your opener. And now, you were saying you're playing Kamloops, but if I'm not mistaken, you guys are playing in Kamloops in their building, but you're the home team. Yeah, how about, yeah. <laughs> Talk about the last year. Everything's kind of been turned upside down, isn't it? And we've seen, you know, bubbles in the NHL and NBA and weird playoff formats and Major League Baseball and neutral sites. And come the 
Cougars, quote-unquote, I'll use air quotes, home opener Saturday yeah. at Sandman Center. They're the home team. So, in fact, throughout this whole process, Alan, the Cougars are actually on the bench that the Blazers would typically occupy oh. throughout a season, and that's going to be their permanent bench no matter if they're home or away just because of the setup and the cohorting rules and, you know, the protocols. Mm-hmm. You don't want any cross-contamination. So you can picture this, the bench that the Blazers call home, you know, on any normal year is now the bench for the Cougars and that Saturday night game, Prince George will be the home team. So they'll have the last change. They'll wear their home jerseys. They'll have their music being played, you know, between whistles and during warm up and, <laughs> and their goal song will play and Camels won't have that. They won't have a goal horn. Prince George will have the goal horn being, you know, blown for them. So you could imagine, you know, Prince George wins the game on Saturday, It'd be quite a unique experience. Um, the fact that they would have, you know, the home field advantage, if you will, in Kamloops' barn. But yeah. uh, it's just par for the course this last year. We've all had to adapt in so many ways, not just in sports. It's been unusual setups for people working and remote, remotely working and uh, now hockey kind of being remote uh, in these hub centers. It's just another, uh, another page in the unique chapter in the WHL in the last 12 months. Now, I'm thinking after that game, you guys then have to do something which, again, you haven't done in a long time. Take a bus trip. Yeah, and how about that? Like, it's the shortest bus trip (laughs) in Prince George Cougars history, I would say, too. Just going to be two hours to Kelowna for a road game, quote-unquote, against the Victoria Royals on Monday night. So, um, you know, the travel's a really good setup. Outside of the 30-yard, 40-yard commute to the Sandman Center, you only have a two-hour bus ride to and from, you know, Kamloops to go to Kelowna to play the Rockets or the Royals. And, you know, they have to go there 12 times, or should they go there six times this year, uh, three times to play Kelowna and three times to play Victoria. And, yeah, Monday's their first quote-unquote road game as well. And um, that's going to be very convenient because usually the closest road trip you have is to Kamloops, which is, you know, five and a half, six hours on a bus, depending on weather and traffic. So it's a a great setup. And and that's going to be a big factor, I think, going forward is, neutralizing travel and that'll be interesting to see Alan how that plays out over the course of this 24 game season because usually you know Prince George sometimes has a disadvantage mm-hmm. with travel some would say mm-hmm. from the outside looking in but now with the way the schedule is unfolded and the way you know the geography is with these two hub centers Prince George is on an even playing field so that's going to be really interesting to follow that storyline for the 24 games now have you guys been going over with league officials i'd be guessing it is what the protocols are for the bus trip because again it's been a year since the cougars have been on a bus and when they were last on the bus there was no covid protocol yeah that was all laid out with um the league in the uh, public health office uh, uh-huh. before we arrived and uh, it's all in a package that uh, every team has a uh, big documents over 65 pages i believe and um uh, that protocol, the states, everybody has to be masked on the bus, and the bus, once it leaves Kamloops, does not stop anywhere else until it gets to the arena in Kelowna. So mm-hmm. better make sure you bring some snacks. You better make sure you, you do the bathroom break before you get on the yeah. bus because there, there's no rest stops uh, on the way to and from Kamloops. So you would have to wear your mask. You know, we'll have to bring the minimum players on the bus as well, so players not playing that night can't come just because of social distancing on the bus. Mm. So your scratches would likely have to stay in Kamloops and not travel. I'm not, and I'm not 100 percent on that, but I'm pretty sure that's the protocol. And then you just, you basically just travel with your game roster to Kelowna on the road, and vice versa. When Kelowna or Victoria come to Kamloops, they have to travel with you know just their 20 
players um, to the rink. So um, outside of that, it's a regular bus trip. You know, wearing masks is now the new norm, and there'll be no stops being made either. But you go right to the rink, get off, play the game, eat at the rink or eat at the local hotel, and mm-hmm. zip right back uh, back to Kamloops that night. Wow. Now, one thing that hasn't changed for you to some extent is being on the road, even if you're at home, like you will be on Saturday, doing the game on your own. That will be, you know, a challenge for me, just mm-hmm. being a year off yeah. and not having, you know, the rhythm of being in a broadcast mode and then jumping into it 12 months later and mm-hmm. without any, you know, broadcast help. It'll be going to be a new challenge, you know, for me. I'll definitely have the fisherman friends at the ready, I guess, and <laughs> pop those in to keep the throat uh, feeling better because, you know, they're basically averaging four games a week oh. for the next uh, seven weeks. Um, there's one week they're playing five games depending on how you define a week. Do you define a week on a Sunday or a Monday? Yeah. If you look at the calendar, there's potentially a five-game week as well for Prince George come April. It's just the busiest month for all the teams on the schedule for this BC hub. So it's going to be unique for me to you know, try to keep myself uh, in game shape and uh, take care of my throat and make sure you know I don't go hoarse because, uh, like I said, it's going to be a busy schedule. It's going to mimic an NHL schedule right now. Yeah. So NHL is playing that condensed uh, 56 game schedule, and the Cougars are going to be in that basically marathon uh, slash sprint um, starting Saturday, right to May 13th. It's going to be very busy, and I'll have to make sure I, I get the throat coat tea going. The fisherman friends, as I mentioned, and <laughs> got to be drinking lots of water. Now, your guys start Saturday, but I believe the BC season starts on Friday, correct? Yeah. yeah now, are is anybody from the Cougars allowed to go to that game and watch it in person, like for scouting purposes and stuff? I, if I'm not mistaken, no. I think wow. right now, the, as the protocol states, it's basically just the team and the personnel that need to be there, the bare minimum you know, game yeah. staff that needs to operate the game are at the rink. So even though it's 40 yards away, I'll be watching that game uh, that Friday night, Vancouver and uh, Kamloops playing here. Mm-hmm. I'll be watching that game on my computer like everyone else, even though it's right next door for me. <laughs> no, I, I don't think um, there is anybody else allowed in. There might be one personnel, like a coach per se, but I'm, I'm not confident and yeah. I'm not sure in that, so I don't want to confirm that. But uh, as of I understand the protocols right now as I read them, uh, it's just the game staff and the two teams uh, at that ring playing, so the minimum staff in the building just due to protocols again the numbers have to be very tight so it's gonna be a unique environment you know for for scouting you have to rely pretty much solely on video and that's going to be the new norm for this season now then friday night you said you're going to be watching the game on your computer at the hotel it's the two teams that you're going to be seeing a fair bit of obviously two of the four teams are you going to be watching them and trying to pick out stuff like okay 16 on Kamloops, tall guy, blonde hair, named Jones. Because, again, these teams have changed a lot since the last time you saw them. Yeah, that's a good point, and definitely, yeah. Broadcasters have to do their scouting, too, and that'll be definitely something I'll be doing Friday night is you know taking notes, looking at storylines, mm-hmm. especially for Kamloops because we play them Saturday. Yeah. So, you know, focusing on the Blazers and the storylines from that game that could carry over to Saturday night. And, yeah, it's interesting. You talk about rosters. I think across the board, there's a huge influx of young talent due to the rules this year mm-hmm. and due to the roster uh, this year. Uh, the league's basically said this is the developmental season for players. So um, you have, you're allowed to dress for 
16 year olds per game. Ooh. Cougars yeah. are carrying more than that. They're carrying uh, what six 16 year olds and one 15 year old in Riley Height. Um, but you're allowed to you know only dress four 16 uh, year olds. But uh, not just Prince George. Uh, you know Kamloops has a very young uh, roster on the bottom six of their four group in the bottom pairings in their D. They have some veteran players like every team has, and the mm-hmm. team of Vancouver and uh, Victoria and Kelowna. A lot of teams are uh, going younger, especially I'd say Prince George. Um, and Victoria, you, you look at the rosters online right now, and there's a lot of youth uh, on that depth chart. Um, I know you look at Vancouver a little bit, maybe a little bit older than the other teams. Um, you know, Kona's got a bit of a mix of both, and same with Kamloops. But I'd say the two younger teams, just on paper right now, would be Prince George and Victoria. But yeah, there'll be a lot of new faces. Prince George has ten new faces, you know, on the roster this year. The ten, ten, uh, ten person rookie class. I don't think I've ever seen that in my time in Prince George. So it's going to be. A lot of homework for us broadcasters. Well, that's what I was about to say. Was even for you as the home team announcer for the Cougars, having to get to know those ten new guys when they go on the ice is enough of a challenge. Let alone knowing the other guys. Yeah, you got to watch practice and kind of pick up those mannerisms. You know what what way a certain player shoots. You know how he skates. Um, you know what does he look like. You know he talked about longer hair or you know what kind of you know what kind of stick he uses. Just to pick up little things when you can't see the numbers to try to identify him. Those small little mannerisms that uh, you know make a player unique is something that all broadcasters usually like to study, um, just so you know you know quickly that uh, if you can't see a number when you're broadcasting, you can flip uh, flip to a, a note about how they skate or oh that player uses that stick so that has to be Jack Sander. So you know little you know little tricks of the trade. Now. Have you thought about going to Mark Lamb before that first game on Saturday and saying, okay, Mark, for at least the first period, could you try not to juggle the lines so I can at least know who's on the ice with different guys? <laughs> I, I should ask both coaches yeah. that, especially Kamloops, so, you know, just to try to keep it consistent and you try to form some patterns in your head. Yeah, it's going to be a unique challenge, you know. And Mark, for himself, he's talking with coaches, it's a challenge for them because they're gonna, they don't have much time. They don't have any mm-hmm. exhibition games to kind of fiddle around with lines and defensive pairings and tactics. It's basically a feeling out process right when the puck drops. You know, you can practice systems during this week in practice, but it doesn't really, um, you know, mimic game-like situations. So uh, it's going to be a feeling out process for every team in this REMAX Hub Center come this weekend when the puck drops to see who plays with who, what pairing works on defense, you know, what forward group works. There would be a lot of line juggling. So I would almost tear up any lineup sheet and just throw it out the window and not even try to look at the line pairings because those are going to change not just for Prince George every team is going to be juggling their lines until they find good chemistry so I know we post lineups before the game online on social media and you get a lineup sheet from the off-site staff in the broadcast booth but take it with a grain of salt because I think it's going to be a feeling out process yeah, so what you're saying is your online lineup sheet might go okay first line Smith with two other guys we don't know who yet Yeah, it's gonna yep. be it's gonna be a, it's gonna be an actual juggle. It's yeah. you know, and and Mark's not a person to uh, be afraid to switch up the lines either. Al. Like he's <laughs> a guy that likes to you know miss and match and make sure he finds that right combination. So um, he's not shy of changing things if it's not working. So I think the first few games, I wouldn't read into the depth chart at all if I was a fan or someone following Cougars and saying, oh, that guy's on the first line, this guy's on the fourth line. Mm-hmm. I think it's gonna be. You know, just for number's sake, I think everything's going to be played out uh, on the ice, and the players will eventually determine where the uh, stack up in the lineup. You know, that's what coaches always say: let the players determine their own fate, and don't try to force things. And if a player 
earns an opportunity to be a first line. He earns an opportunity to be in the first line. The player struggling has to move down the lineup. Then so be it. He has to move down the lineup. Okay. Fraser Rogers with the Prince George Cougars. I know you've got a busy couple of days before your home opener in Kamloops. <laughs> Thanks very much, though, for taking the time to talk to us this morning. Thanks, Alan. I look forward to chatting soon about some games and about some hockey storylines for once. Appreciate it. Okay, thanks, Fraser. Thank you. Okay, take a break and be back with more after nine. There's a river of birds in migration. a series of news and current affairs programs by and about women around the world. Produced and distributed by the Women's International News Gathering Service. Listen for Wings Wednesday nights at 8.30 here on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Although crews with the city of Prince George patch potholes and unclog catch basins all year long, these operations ramp up with the first big melt of the year. Help keep roads as smooth as possible by contacting the city's service center when you spot a pothole or large puddle on the road. Dial 311 within city limits, email 311 at princegeorge.ca or submit a service request at princegeorge.ca or via the city app. Motorists are also encouraged to exercise extra caution while driving during the snowmelt season. St. Michael and All Angels Anglican Church in downtown Prince George has launched the largest capital campaign in their 55-year history. The Raise the Roof campaign will run into the fall in an effort to raise $400,000 for much-needed church repairs. For more information and to donate, go to their website, stmichaelspg.ca, or visit the church office at 1505 Fifth Avenue. The St. Mike's Raise the Roof Capital Campaign, on now through August at stmichaels.ca. Forecast from Environment Canada. A mix of sun and cloud today, becoming cloudy late this morning. Rain mixed with wet snow this afternoon, with wind from the south at 20 gusting to 60. A high of 4 with a wind chill this morning to minus 10. Periods of rain tonight, south winds continuing, a low of 2. For Wednesday, periods of rain in the morning, then cloudy with a 40% chance of showers. South winds switching to the west, a high of 5. You're listening to After 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. And not a big surprise when I came in this morning and was looking through our folder of upcoming events and press releases and stuff like that to chat about, to find the one we've had for a while from Theatre Northwest, about the two plays they had scheduled for um, the next month or two, um, and the word postponed written across both of them. They're not a surprise. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, though, they are saying postponed, which means... Well, again, the numbers are going up, but if things get back under control and they can start to go back into sort of a regular season next season, um, they might be still figuring on having these two plays as two of the ones they'll be presenting. Uh, but they were figuring on having one called Mum's the Word. Uh, that was supposed to start April the 16th, so a little bit less than a month. And obviously they figured, no, it ain't going to work. And then the other one was starting mid-May, May 21st, uh, called The Marvelous Wonderettes. And that was more of a musical. And I think now joined by Reg Fair. And Reg, I think that's one that we and a lot of other people at the station were probably looking forward to because it's the music we play. Well, a lot of it is. Uh, it's um, uh, 50s, early yeah. 60s, but... Um, uh, that one I th- I was looking forward to. Uh, I'm the one that wrote postponed on oh, there because okay. I thought 
it's only a couple of weeks away for the first of those. I better check their website. So when okay. I went to their website, it said, due to the COVID pandemic, we're not selling any tickets right now because we don't know when Oof. we're going to be able to. Yeah. But okay. they are in the process of, they're staying in touch with the people involved in those two productions. Yeah. And hoping that, you know, at some time down the road, in the they'll fall, be able maybe, to, or, yeah, they'll yeah. be able to, uh, book, uh, some dates for, for those two to go ahead. Yeah. Uh, that's the game plan at this point. We just don't know, right? Yeah. Because I know, um, was talking with Marnie Hamagami, mm-hmm. the general manager over there, when they announced these two shows were going ahead. Yeah. And just from her descriptions of them, they both sounded like they would be a lot of fun. I don't know if Mums the Word is really one that I would be interested in going to. It's put six mums in a room and ask them to describe motherhood, and you're sure to get an earful. Mm-hmm. And motherhood is not something I don't think I'll ever experience, so I'm not sure that I'd be able to relate to that one. And I can't talk to my mom about it because when I ask her what I was like growing up, she just sort of shakes her head and walks away. Yes. Like you do mm. a lot of times. Yes. And Steve. Mm. Steve's yes. learning. But uh, no, so I was a li- little bit disappointed, but not surprised because we hadn't heard anything. Well, at all exactly, from and and uh, I should have checked uh, quite a while ago, but no. um, you know, probably a month ago they changed that on the website. They might have, yeah. yeah. But uh, so that's a shame. Now, one thing that is going ahead again under the uh, the new system they have is the Prince George Symphony Orchestra. Mm-hmm. They are continuing. I thought those pa- those last couple of concerts they did live streamed were the end of the season. It was almost the way they described it. But yeah, it sort of sounded more. like it, yeah. but uh, I guess they they uh, went off so well that they yeah. put together four more, including yeah. a, another uh, great family one. Yes. Uh, Peter and the Peter Wolf. And the Wolf. <coughs> An all-time family be, classic. Yeah, it's going to be narrated by uh, old friend Doug Jones from oh. Patterson Broadcasting. Yes. So that's kind of cool. I don't. He's not. He doesn't really have that great a voice, though, does he? I'm sorry. I'm kidding. I know Doug. Compared to you, he's a <laughs> yeah. Compared to me, he's on Rico Caruso, he's a superstar. And I got a kick out of the names of the other three. On April the 11th, the arrival of spring. On May the 9th, spring. On May 30th, splendorous spring. Yeah. I'm detecting a bit of a pattern bit of, here. A bit of a celebration there, I think. Yes, and it's the same process as before. They are going to be live streamed. You do have to buy tickets. $20 per household for each of the three classics. And they got a grant from the City of Prince George My PG Grant Program. So for Peter and the Wolf, it's only $10 per household. Yeah. So that's great. You can yeah. you know, get it, set your computer up so all the kids can watch it. Well, the, kind of the cool thing about these concerts and, and all the streaming online stuff that you can access is uh, the the price is way lower than oh. you would normally play if, pay if you were going in person yeah. uh, for two reasons. Uh, one, you're not quite getting the same experience, but mm-hmm. two, they're able to sell that many more tickets. Oh. Uh, like there's there's not a limited number of seats. No. Right? If it, you just pay your 10 bucks and boom, yeah. anyone from Prince George or around the world could tune it but- in. That's and technology lets you hook up to a big screen, so yeah. well, exactly. Yeah. So, so it's still a pretty good, pretty good experience if you have the the big screen and the surround sound and all that. It's uh, yeah, not a bad deal at all. And a couple of notes about a couple of the main concerts. Um, the one on called Spring on May the ninth, um, Maestro Michael Hall, of course, and. They're playing Concerto Number no. Three, the first movement by Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, who a lot of people know about. 
there's a soloist. Mm-hmm. 12-year-old Luke Chen, who won the PGSO's Young Artist Competition last year. Oh, there you go. So, yeah. And what's his instrument? I'm not sure, but if it's Mozart, I would not be surprised if it's piano. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, speaking of Michael Hall, he will mm-hmm. be the guest host this afternoon at 1 for Senior Moments. Wow. Uh, it's a Jeez. series okay. that they're starting uh, once a month. Michael Hall will do a program, a show uh, on a particular instru- instrument. And oh. so this afternoon, 1 o'clock, uh, he's going to be phoning in. Sharon Hurd will be here to mm-hmm. introduce him and, yeah. and maybe ask the odd question. But he'll be doing a one-hour program around the violin. And uh, one of the local, uh, I think she's the second violinist in the orchestra, will be mm-hmm. coming in. Uh, as well for the second half, okay. so that's worth wow. tuning in for. Yeah, that's and then a good idea. Uh-huh. Splendorous Spring, which is at this point the official wrap up, barring any changes. Well, they don't usually do no. anything through After the summer, the so so this one is on May the thirtieth, and they've got a couple of other pieces, including another by Mozart, but they've also got the world premiere of African Suite, which is composed by their principal violist Thomas Beckman. So, again, some local music to wrap up the season, which is kind of neat. And I should clarify, I shouldn't say they don't usually do anything during the summer. If they do things in the summer, it's usually just part of the orchestra doing a a one-off special event. Chamber-type stuff. Yeah, yeah. chamber-type stuff. Uh, But... Uh, and a lot of that will depend on, on the pandemic situation. Yes, I think a lot of people are, are looking forward to uh, getting out and about Oof. in the summer. So yes. I, I don't think there will be a lot of no. events happening. One event I know is happening is we are going to take a break. We'll be back with some more after 9. The Alzheimer's Society of BC is recruiting volunteer committee members for their annual IG Wealth Management Walk for Alzheimer's. This year's walk will take place throughout the month of May, culminating in a virtual celebration on May 30th. If you have the time and are looking for a volunteer role, email volunteer at alzheimerbc.org, call 604-742-4937, or visit the special events volunteer section of the Alzheimer's Society of BC website at alzbc.org slash event volunteer. With community health at the forefront, Theatre Northwest is preparing for a shortened season. Instead of their usual four productions, Theatre Northwest will be presenting two shows in the late spring of 2021. The shortened season will start with a side-splitting comedy, Mum's the Word, from April 16th to May 5th, followed by the pop hits of the 50s and early 60s featured in the musical The Marvelous Wonderettes, May 21st to June 9th. Tickets and passes are available by phone or online through ticketsnorthwest.com. Applications are now being accepted for Alacrity Canada's Digital Marketing Boot Camp, a virtual skills training program that aims to prepare you for the digital marketplace. This intensive course involves daily experiential learning as well as mentorship sessions with marketing experts to help equip you with the knowledge, tools, and resources resources you need to thrive as a marketer. Not-for-profits are eligible for full tuition coverage as part of BC's economic recovery plan. For full details and registration, visit programs at alacritycanada.com. Northern school districts are working with DeKalb Nations speakers and knowledge holders to develop a provincially recognized DeKalb language curriculum. Anyone interested is encouraged to take part in a Zoom meeting Wednesday, April 14th at 7 p.m. An assembly of educators, elders, knowledge keepers, and school School district administrators will conduct a discussion around DeKalb language and ministry curriculum. To join the meeting, call Jennifer Piggin at 562-4843. Keeping you 
up to date on current news and events in and around Prince George. This is After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Now, when we're short back in the host chair with Reg Fair and Steve Smith with me for a few more minutes. And, and as we heard in that break, uh, I remember <laughs> I, I thought about uh, writing postponed across the theater Northwest thing, but I forgot to uh, get rid of the PSA that was promoting the uh, tickets. The, the tickets. So that's looked after now. That oh, good. We've been reminded. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that shouldn't be running. <laughs> okay. And we- those listening in the night program uh, don't know what we're talking about, but. No. They'll, they'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, we were talking hockey earlier in the show with Fraser Rogers and the Cougars getting set to start their season on Saturday as the mm-hmm. home team in Kamloops against the Blazers, which as he was saying yeah, yeah, makes yeah, absolutely yeah. no sense. Um, something in the NHL that I guess you could say didn't happen last night for the first time. Yeah. A game between two Canadian teams postponed because of COVID. Yeah. Edmonton was supposed to be in Montreal. Two of the Montreal players entered the COVID protocol. And again, something I like from the press releases they send out is they always emphasize this does not mean that those players tested positive. No. It may have been contact tracing. Yeah. There may have been, I think there's a couple of other reasons they give why they yeah. may have gone into the protocol. Yeah, they're, they're very being very cautious. And I think that we've seen that even south of the border. Uh, when uh, games are postponed, uh, it's just a precaution, and we've we've yeah. and the and the player often is back the next game or the game after uh, because it turned out that they weren't yeah uh, positive. But just to be on the cautious side, they make sure that. Uh, but uh, this, I, I think, this might be the third wave. Is what. A lot, a lot of people are, uh, are saying, way. right? Yeah, yep. our numbers uh, are going up in BC. Yeah, and uh, we've we kind of uh, in northern BC, our numbers. Uh, I, I, I get the feeling that the second wave just sort of went right into the third wave, yeah, without uh, missing a beat. So hopefully the numbers don't get too high. I mean, we're still under 400 active cases in northern yeah, BC. But it's jumped over the last few days. It is well, jumping. Well, yeah, it, yeah, it, jumping. it was it was below uh below 300 uh, a few weeks ago, but if if the numbers can stay below the 400 mark, then maybe the third wave won't be quite as bad. Yeah. And uh, like a lot of people are saying with the vaccine coming in and s- people getting vaccinated and the weather warming up so well the weekend number was hopefully. disappointing again though yeah and, 1785 like, well and plus uh, 133 i think in northern in yeah northern we had Ohio. well over 100 up but here. again that's over three days though well, I thought, yeah. remember, that was yeah. not a one day total that was over three that's days over the weekend we had yeah. 133 something yeah. yeah 133 if i remember correctly New, no, uh, new, yeah, reported yeah. cases. Oh, okay, new, but again, that's cases. from three days. Well, the worst, the worst number that came out, out over the weekend was five, five deaths, five new yes. deaths. So, uh, yeah, again, it's you know we got to get the, that number down uh, of active cases to reduce the number of people that are actually going to die from this. Yeah, thing, right. And of course, these next couple of weeks are going to be the interesting ones to some extent because as of yesterday, technically the kids were on spring break. Yeah, and that's uh, one thing that I experienced on Friday. I had a meeting down here for World Financial Group, and after the meeting, uh, well, let's let's go over to Nancy O's, and uh, mm-hmm. the main guy in the office was going to buy, and uh, whoa, says, oh, that's great. And we walk over there, and yeah, there's no getting in, no. Yeah. 
it was busy. And downtown was busy. And I'm thinking, I think we're getting a little bit. We're jumping the gun a little that's, bit on, that's on a lot what it of is. this, yeah. right? It's what you it know? is. Yeah. You've got and the weather. It, you know, you've been pent up all winter. You want to get out. Um, We're moving around too much. Perhaps better idea to get out and just go for a walk with friends or, or something mm-hmm. like that, as opposed to oh. going down to an area where you're enclosed again yeah. with people, right? Well, I find even just getting out for a walk by myself a lot of times is nice. Well, that is with your friends. <laughs> <laughs> I was in a couple of stores over the weekend and way too many busy. People. Yeah. Way yes. too many. Yeah. People. It's, it's a little bit yeah. scary when you think yeah. about it. Yeah. Uh, We're moving the number too of, quickly here. The number of exposures that, that you find, you find yourself in that situation. You're thinking, yeah, this, this is too soon to be yeah. getting around that many people. Right. One thing I've noticed is a couple of stores I was in on the weekend, there did seem to be more people in there. But the good thing was everybody was wearing masks. Yeah, and, so. and I think that's uh, the the positive side is people are wearing masks. But remember, it's is not one hundred percent. The distancing, distancing is the most important part. Yeah, and if you have too many people in a, in a store, there's just no physical distancing. And people don't no. follow the arrows. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, some well, stores, well, stores, some don't, stores have don't even arrows. have arrows. No. So. And something gets a little that bit confusing. I was in one where I was going to go down this one aisle near the checkout counter, and there was an arrow pointing the other way. And I was going, oh, that's strange. And then I realized that's the arrow pointing towards the checkout counter to show you where your six feet is yes. from the next arrow. It's right, not right. an arrow saying you've got to go the that direction. direction. Of the, of the yeah. aisle, right. Yeah, so. it can be a little confusing. The, Especially to somebody of, like me. A lot of different protocols, but uh, you just got to... Do your best to follow the protocols, and we'll, we'll yeah. get through this third wave, as it were. Yes. We are going to go to another break, and we'll be back with some more after 9. Artists and artisans across Canada have a new online portal available to access the assistance they need. ArtsUnite.ca connects artists with grants, jobs, networking, webinars, support, articles, and resources. Visit ArtsUnite.ca for a calendar of events for the site's national launch this month. Register to take in any or all events virtually. While there, click on Artist Residency to learn about the nine virtual artists in residence. The ArtsUnite national launch through the end of March at Arts unite.ca. In a year where community organizations are facing uncertainty, the needs are greater than ever to alter programming and amend budgets to accommodate community needs. The Northern Interior Community Association provides support, guidance, and assistance in the community gaming grant application process. The next round of grants are open to all art and cultural not-for-profits, charities, and community groups until April 30th. For assistance, contact the Northern Interior Community Association by email to coordinator at northerniCA. The Prince George Spruce King's 39th Annual Show Home Lottery is ready for you. Built in the Aberdeen Glen subdivision by Hobson Construction, the 2,600-square-foot home comes fully furnished by Theory Hardware with appliances from Andre's Electronics and is valued at $670,000. Tickets are available by phone or online at sprucekingshowhome.ca. Tickets for two mega 50-50 jackpots are also available. The 39th Annual Spruce King Show Home Lottery. Grand prize draw date is April 30th. Forecast from Environment Canada. A mix of sun and cloud today, becoming cloudy late this morning. Rain mixed with wet snow this afternoon, with wind from the south at 20 gusting to 60. A high of 4 with a wind chill this morning to minus 10. Periods of rain tonight, south winds continuing, a low of 2. For Wednesday, periods of rain in the morning, then cloudy with a 40% chance of showers. South winds switching to the west, a high of 5. 
It's after nine on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS FM. Now, a lot of times, if I'm talking to our next guest, I'd be making a joke about how they're sky high out there and stuff like that. But Gordon Duke, the president and CEO of the Prince George Airport Authority, I don't think sky high is really the best way to describe you guys right now. Good morning. Yes, I would agree with you. Uh, we're definitely uh, not doing what we thought we'd be doing at this point. Yeah. So now 2020, obviously a bad year for the for not just the Prince George Airport, though. I'd be guessing you, you've probably been talking with a lot of other airports around B.C. and maybe even across Canada, and everybody's probably in the same situation, right? For sure. Um, we are fortunate in Prince George that we are somewhat insulated uh, because of all of the workplace essential travel that goes in and out of our airport. So as uh, we would be comparable to Terrace and Port McMurray, in terms of, uh, as we like to say, uh, we're not as bad as everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> you have to take your wins where you can get them. Yeah, because... Again, I saw some of the reports you were making to groups, I think, like city council and stuff like that, and passenger numbers, of course, way down last year. So what are you guys, are you already out there planning on ways to get things going again when you get the go-ahead? We're ready when you are, is what we're saying, is that our job is to make sure that the same safe, secure and efficient uh, service that people are used to when they're going through our airport will be there when they're ready to travel again. Okay. Now, I know talking with a number of other um, groups and businesses and places like that around Prince George, a lot of them found the one very minor benefit of the pandemic was the chance to get some work done that they maybe hadn't been able to do or at least be able to get it done more quickly because they didn't have as much business going on. Were you able to get stuff like that done out at the airport? That has been the focus. Mm -hmm. Uh, When uh, COVID hit, we quickly had to pivot to making sure that you know, we have to have a fully functional airport because of our role in the medevac system in terms of health delivery services to northern and remote communities and the wildfire base that's here. Mm-hmm. All of that, uh, we had to keep our airport open and fully functional, even though we get uh, the bulk of our revenue from passengers and airplanes coming and going. Um, you know, we still are compelled to keep the airport open. So uh, our focus has been on making sure that all of the infrastructure is top-notch, is, uh, you know, ready to go, and that any uh, enhancements that we can put in place during this down period we're doing so that when we do get busy, we'll be able to, uh, you know, provide that same service. Yeah, so now I think... I think just before this hit, if I'm not mistaken, you guys had completed some fairly major improvements out there. Were you kind of thinking when COVID hit, man, we should have waited a couple of months. It would have been so much easier to do this while there weren't any, while there wasn't anybody in the airport, unfortunately. Well, you know, we, over the years, we've become very good at uh, accomplishing these <laughs> large infrastructure projects while we're operating an airport. So, uh, 
we didn't really think that, but we are looking at, uh, you know, how what's coming at us in the future and how can we be uh, assured that we have the best airport for all of our stakeholders. We're a, we're a not not for profit, so, um, but a large piece of our mandate is providing uh, support and and being an economic engine for our region. Yeah, and now you guys had a visitor. I want to say what a couple of weeks ago now from the Royal Canadian Air Force dropped by the airport for a while. Yes, we had the C one thirty. Come in. Uh, they were doing some low-level training uh, flights, and uh, they dropped in because we have a very long runway, mm-hmm. and they're able to use it uh, pretty easily, and uh, it's a benefit for their training program. So now, what was that like? Because my understanding is, cause, I mean, when their press release says. This aircraft is larger than a lot of others. It may look like it's flying close to the ground, but it isn't. Did you guys get that same impression out there when you saw it coming in? It's an impressive impressive uh, piece of metal to be flying. <laughs> and uh, when, it, uh, when you go into that airplane, you really sense how big it is. Mm-hmm. Because when you're looking at it on the ground and it's uh, flying overhead, yeah, it's big. Yeah. But I think you could put a basketball court in that thing. Okay. That would be impressive. Okay, Gordon, we're going to take a quick break. When I come back, when we come back, I want to talk about some stuff you guys have got coming up in the future in terms of projects out at the airport. We'll do Looking that after nine. Looking for something to excel at? Start with CNC's Basic Training Excel Bootcamp and work your way up. In today's working world, an understanding of Excel is a requirement for nearly all professionals from administrators to project managers. CNC's new online course is instructor-led over two evenings. The registration deadline is April 7th for the next boot camp, which will take place April 14th and 15th. For full details, contact the college or go online to cnc.bc.ca. Join the Method Dance Society for free online workshops on contemporary movement and dance. Hosted by Method Dance Society, a half dozen guest instructors will help you develop your dance skills. Workshops run Saturday afternoons at 3.30 through May 8th. Register for one or all the sessions at methoddance.ca. Free online workshops in contemporary movement and dance from Method Dance Society. Saturday afternoons at 3.30 through May 8th. Most everyone knows not to drink and drive, and that even small amounts of alcohol can be risky. But do we really understand that drinking small amounts of alcohol during the pregnancy can be harmful for our growing baby, even in those early weeks before the pregnancy has been confirmed? Fetal Alcohol Spectrum Disorder, FASD, is a lifelong disability that affects the brain and body of people who were exposed to alcohol in the womb. If you are pregnant or planning to be, please don't drink. There is no known safe time, safe type, or safe amount. We encourage you to see what's happening in your community to help reduce both the impact and the incidence of prenatal alcohol exposure. 
To learn more, please contact us at healthnexus.ca. Visit the bilingual FASD Ontario website or check out Canada's FASD Research Network. Spread the word. It's everyone's responsibility to help make pregnancies as healthy as they can be. The B.C. Ministry of Jobs, Economic Recovery and Innovation has initiated a program for small and medium-sized businesses. The new Launch Online grant is designed to help over 1,500 eligible businesses adapt to changes in consumer behavior and pay to market their products online. The Launch Online program is based on a first-come, first-served basis and will be available until March 31st or until all funds are distributed. Small and medium-sized businesses are encouraged to apply online at launchonline.ca. Featuring the people who make things happen in Prince George, you're listening to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Gordon, some good news coming, I guess you could say down the track, except you're out in the airport. Last week, I guess it was, with the announcement of some provincial funding for not just Prince George Airport, but some other airports in the north. And you guys got, what, about a half million dollars for a couple of projects? We're very pleased to partner with the uh, provincial government of B.C. on two uh, secu- uh, safety projects mm-hmm. that we got on the books. When COVID first hit, we did a drastic cut to our operating uh, budgets and also to our capital programs. And we moved anything that wasn't directly safety or security related. We, you know, we've moved that out. We kept these two projects in because we felt they were good candidates for some sort of government funding. Mm -hmm. And so, we the one project is on uh, new regulatory signage that goes on our airfield that simply makes it safer for pilots. Uh-huh. And the other project that we're really happy about is the emergency airfield generator. And what this will do is uh, it comes with uh, very robust switch gear, so all of our airfield lighting is powered on a on a hydro feed. If for any reason we lose that uh, power feed, the emergency airfield generator kicks in in less than five seconds to keep the lights on. Wow. So, for instance, if an aircraft was on final approach and for whatever reason we lost the power, it would just be a brief flicker and then those lights come back on. So um, right, right now we do have good you know, a really good emergency airfield generator there, Mm -hmm. just reaching the end of its useful life. Okay. So we wanted to make sure that we had that, uh, you know, really solid system in place. Now, that brings up a quick question in my mind. As you're seeing airplanes on final approach, all of a sudden there's a power outage, the lights go out, a few seconds later they come back on. Would the pilot have also lost voice communication with the tower if the power goes out? No. Oh, no. okay. The, the, the tower runs on a, on a separate generator as well. Okay. Yeah. So the pilot sees the lights go out. He might make a quick remark just to say, okay, did you guys know your lights are out? And then they say, no, they're back on again now. <laughs> he, yeah, well, I, I don't even think there would be that much time. Yeah. But... Uh, like I say, we're we're really pleased to to be able to partner with the the government of BC, and and they have been, uh, you know, very supportive for the aviation sector. Mm-hmm. 
uh, commend, um, you know, both the, um, the uh, ruling party, uh, John Horgan and, and his team, and also the opposition uh, parties who have been uh, very supportive in communicating with not just our airport, but all of the airports. Yeah. To understand the the plight of a, a small regional airport mm-hmm. in, in terms of, uh, of what's happened to us, you know, after ten years of growth, uh, to have this unprecedented drop is, uh, you know, it's really having an impact on. Uh, particularly regional airports. So what is the timeline then for these two upgrades? Have you got, is the, are these upgrades that you can be doing sort of at the same time or does one sort of rely on the other? Once we got approval, mm-hmm. we've been working on both these projects. Okay. Procuring the generator takes a bit of time. Uh, the signage, we had that prepared and uh, once the weather uh, the ground softens up where we will finish that signage project, but it's it's basically, other than a couple of steps, it's being done now. And then for the airfield generator, we're expecting to have that done in the next couple of months. Wow. Now, what is sort of the latest you, for without asking for any secrets or anything, what is the latest you're hearing from the provincial and federal governments, I guess, in terms of when you might be able to get back to even something close to normalcy in airports? Well, I I feel that there will be a new normal. Mm -hmm. Um, What we're predicting as an industry is that for aviation in Canada to get back to those 2019 passenger numbers, we're anticipating that won't be until 2024. Wow. I I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. However, and we feel there's some pent-up demand Mm -hmm. that when it's safe to do so, and I'm one of them, Mm -hmm. people want to get on an airplane. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's what we hear a lot. However, it's going to take a long time for the Canadian economy, the BC economy, the Prince George economy, all to be up and running on all cylinders. And so, you know, what we're anticipating as an industry is that it's in that three to four year range. And so, you know, as far as provincial travel restrictions, um, they're kind of all over the place. Mm -hmm. I saw the announcement in the, in the Maritimes, they're, back implementing the Atlantic Canada bubble uh, for a period of time. I think it's a couple of months before they would be interested in opening up, say, in July. Okay. So they they can fly in that bubble, though, at this point. The the four Atlantic provinces can visit each other. Okay. However, if you or I were to go there, we would be compelled to quarantine for two weeks. Yeah. Now, one thing I keep forgetting, because it seems it has changed a couple of times, is Prince George Airport an international airport? Do you have any flights directly outside of Canada? We do not at this point. Okay. So that eliminates the one possibility they've been talking about, where if you're going to go international, you have to be able to prove your vaccination. That's correct. Okay. Right now, there's only four airports in Canada Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. are accepting international flights. Wow. Yeah. I can and, Yeah, so they're all being funneled to Montreal, Toronto, Calgary, and Vancouver. Okay. Edmonton must be really upset about that. They are. <laughs> Calgary <laughs> gets them and we don't. Yeah. No, it, it is... Uh, it is difficult. We understand we have to be safe. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a, an unprecedented global pandemic. We have to do what's best for the most people. I, you know, I think there's ways um, to, to minimize the risk. There's really no proven onboard transmission mm-hmm. of, of COVID. So... Um, you know, that part of it is a little frustrating. We're working on, as an industry, working on how do we get rapid testing at airports? How do we um, do uh, contact tracing? All of those good things to build back that consumer confidence. Because, uh, you know, as, as uh, COVID unfolded, in some cases, aviation became the... Um, the focus for that transmission. And at the front end of it, yes, it was aviation that brought it here. But as far as actually getting it on board, that's a minuscule number. Mm -hmm. So we we think there's opportunities here uh, going forward, but it's about building back that consumer confidence that uh, I think as an industry we have to do, and certainly as Prince George Airport Authority, it is our focus. Okay. Gordon Duke, the president and CEO of the Prince George Airport Authority. Thanks very much for bringing us up to date. I'm sure we'll be talking again in the future. I look forward to it. Thank you. Okay. That'll just... After 9 is a daily presentation of CFIS-FM. After 9 is produced by Alan Wishart, Reg Fair, and Nathan Gita, with guest producer Neil Godbu of the Prince George Citizen. Additional contributors include CBC News and the National Campus and Community Radio Association. For a rebroadcast of today's program, check out the podcast link at cfisfm.ca. To provide feedback or suggestions for the show, please email cfisfm at yahoo.ca. You're listening to Boomer Radio, 93.1 CFIS-FM. Proudly sponsored by Two Rivers Gallery, where creativity flows in the Civic Plaza.